Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, Executive Editor of Recode. And I'm Lauren Good, Senior Tech Editor at The Verge. And you're listening to Too Embarrassed to Ask, coming to you from the Vox Media Podcast Network. Come on down. That's such a ridiculous name, I'm sorry. They're all ridiculous names, like The Empire. This is a show where we answer all of your embarrassing questions about consumer tech. Yes, recent questions we've had include, what will it take for Uber to change? The what is ap- the- apocalypse. Go ahead. <laughs> what is the best fitness watch to buy? What do I need to do to protect my privacy online? Don't take Uber. Where in the world is Kara Swisher? On a bus, not an Uber. I took a bus today. She did it took take a bus today. took me forever to get here, but it was delightful, and I met the people of this city of San Francisco was very nice. Mayor Swisher. Indeed, I was with the people. That's where I belong. Not you and Mark Ubers. Zuckerberg. Yeah, right, exactly. I wasn't touching cows, but whatever. <laughs> That's my next step, touching livestock. Okay, stop text messaging on your phone. I'm not. I just got in my pocket. Oh, my God. All right, anyway, we're going to answer a lot of questions. We've got a lot of good questions today. We have a good topic. So send us your questions. We do read them all. Find us on Twitter or tweet them to at Recode or to myself or to Lauren with the hashtag too embarrassed. We also have an email address, too embarrassed at recode.net. Reminder, embarrassed has two R's and two S's. Yes, it does. And while you're there, have a listen to our previous episodes. You can find those anywhere you listen to your podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. Or just visit us at recode.net slash podcast. So the last time we spoke, you yeah. were remote. You were in D.C. D.C. That's I was right. here. Now I was we're trying to get President Trump again. a history lesson. It didn't work, obviously. Yeah. No, yeah. I think that you. Uh, I don't know. Do you blame the teacher or the student at this point? I if you were trying to teach him, Kara. Honestly, I don't know. He's 400 years old, so I have no idea on that account, but it's just <laughs> astonishing. Well, the last podcast. I think Andrew Jackson could have stopped this Uber situation. Don't oh, you think? God. The Civil War. I think he could have solved the situation at Uber. How? Well, he was dead for 190 years before, but so what? Like, anyway, just just an observation. I mean, I don't don't know. Swapping out the bad for the worst. I just feel like, why did we have to get there with this? You know? Anyway, that guy. Speaking of Uber, so we talked about Uber last week with Mike Isaac from the New York Times. We did. We had a delightful show. I don't think there's been any Uber news since, has there, Kara? Yes, there has been some news. What's the news? The CEO of Uber, who was scheduled to come to Code, is now dropping out and sending in his place Ariana Huffington. Are you surprised? Uh, You know, I am a tiny bit because when we invited him, it was before the Susan Fowler blog. And then afterwards, before we announced, I specifically said, are you sure you want to come? Like, this is going to be tough. There's going to be all kinds of issues. That report's going to be out. And I gave him a chance not to come. And the answer was a resounding, of course, we're going to come. We're going to answer our questions. And then, of course, not, because the report is coming out the same week as code. And I guess he can't chew gum and walk at the same time. Yeah, as you pointed out in your article. Yeah. be tough to take that one hour Ask, answer flight. Answer one hour flight super hard, even though I did it yesterday, and I'm doing it tomorrow. But uh, you know, it was it was typical. Do you think it was him, or do you think it was his PR no, people? No, I think it was him. Really? Well, I mean, yes, it's a whole group of them all making bad decisions together, I guess, which seems to be the, the way things work there. Well, that's unfortunate. Yeah, and then they're sending Ariana, who's a board member who's leading the investigation. I asked for some other people who knew more about the business too, because she's not as closely involved in the business, and all the men, and none of them available or wanting to come for various reasons. Mostly they don't want to get near it, I think. They want to keep their... Even though they've been complicit in what's happening at Uber, they don't want to talk about it, I guess. And so they're thinking of of sending their HR person. Uh, So two women will defend Mm -hmm. Uber's issues of sexism and sexual harassment, which, you know, it's women cleaning up after naughty men, which is a little bit irritating. Well, I'm sure the interview with Ariana will be... Oh, yeah. I've just already, as fascinating. I ran into her yesterday at the Milken Conference in Los Angeles, 
Uh, and, you know, she's a pro, I got to say. I was like, I'm going to rip your face off. She goes, that sounds fantastic. I look forward to it. <laughs> she's like, and I've been sleeping extra to prepare you? for it. You know, she literally was like, how is everything otherwise? You know, and goes right into my personal life. And I'm like, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to take you. I'm going to break every bone in your body. Oh, yes. We'll see how that goes. You know, are you going to do your accent on stage? I might have to. I don't know. I'm going to have to really prepare for that interview because she like is a she is a rope a dope champion. You know what I mean? On any I've had fun. With her about when Michael Arrington was at TechCrunch and we got in a big fight, but man, she's just maybe she is the right person to send in because she'll like she'll just exhaust me. I'll just punch, 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 and she'll be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah Cara, come on, you look so cute when you're angry." <laughs> so it's gonna be ugly, but it's not because she's gonna like I'm terrified she's gonna rope a dope me. So we'll see. <laughs> Any suggestions, please, from people? I'm gonna put up. Which too I... embarrassed to ask Ariana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Too embarrassed to ask Ariana. We've, we, who we've had on. Rico Decode and, and Too Embarrassed to yes, Ask, right? Yeah, 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 she came on Too Embarrassed to Ask to talk about her book. Sleeping, that's right, sleeping. sleeping. I'm yeah. going to, like, find and her and her sleep and smother her. I don't <laughs> See, know. aren't you all, all of our loyal podcast listeners, so upset that you're not going to be at Code Conference Yeah, it'll be year. broadcast. And I think Although, she's... you can get, shameless plug, what? you can get all of our Code Conference content yes. oh, for free on Recode Replay yeah. on iTunes, or Absolutely. Apple Podcasts and all that stuff. Including so the Ariana we'll be able to listen face-off. To that's Which right. is going to be the, a real face. Right. She's a charmer. But we though. should make like a movie poster for you too, yes. like the Nick Cage movie face yeah. off. With I don't know. She's, uh, you know, one thing I got to say, she's coming. Like, unlike the weak willed, lack of spine CEO, she is coming. She's showing up and she's going to answer questions. Yep. Um, and I wrote a pretty tough piece yesterday about it. And, and I thought she'd be upset by it. And she was like, thank you for that fair and complete piece. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I literally could. <laughs> anyway. But anyway, she's coming. So at least she's coming. I'll give her that. Well, I'm sure we could talk about this. Yes, we could. But let's talk about this more important thing, which I think is an amazing thing that uh, Jason Del Rey broke a lot of scoops last week. Yeah. So explain away, Lauren. We're going to be talking about money today. Money. uh, Specifically payments apps like Venmo, Square Cash, and what might be Apple's attempt to build on its existing Apple Pay service and compete with those services, which are known as peer-to-peer payments or P2P. Nobody uh, calls it that, but okay. Nerds like us do. I don't. P2P. All right. Hashtag P2P. We're also going to be talking broadly about the future of payments and what banks will actually look like in the not-so-distant future. Mm-hmm. And so we are delighted to have Rico's Jason Del Rey joining us from New York. And it's a little late, actually, where he is in New York. So uh, we're especially grateful we're joining us. About Ariana Huffington. Hello, Jason. How are you Hello, doing? hello, you hello. Did, you, you went with Ariana Huffington, didn't you? You did a little sleep video with her. I I did something like that. Yes, that okay. sounds, sounds a little funny. She charged um, you, right? Even though it's like in she, she there, somehow, yeah, somehow money came out of my bank account after yeah. I did that visit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can yeah. I, oh. I want Go you ahead, to do sorry. the. Can you do the accent for like half of this interview? Because I shall do that. it keeps Hello, getting baby. It, it keeps Hello, getting baby. better. I used to think it was you. not so I great, see. but oh, it's come great on. now. It's fantastic. Hello, baby. How are you? Anyway. You know, it's funny now that I think about it. She did that to me once too. Hello, baby. Like she, it was That's the day that move. they announced the Huffington Post live streaming video product. This was years ago, mm-hmm. and I was working for Wall Street Journal. Mm-hmm. We were doing live streaming video. And it was like a really expensive and not yeah. super valuable proposition at the time. And I remember like asking her a question that was basically like, why are you spending so much money on live video? Like in a room full of people. And she just answered it. And she came up to me afterwards and she was like, I love your dress. And she was like, <laughs> no, it's like, genius. It's genius. It doesn't matter what she, what horrible thing she said. Lauren, I was actually at that same interview. And you, you? Actu- you actually asked them why they expected people to come 
at a specific time to watch a show online when fewer yeah. and fewer people are even doing that in traditional TV. Okay. Thank you. So it wasn't about money. It was about that. No, yeah. whatever. I was at an yeah. event with her recently. She was in a freezing cold event in Munich, and she wasn't wearing a coat. And I was like, where's your coat? And she goes, when you have a car, darling, you don't need a coat. And literally, she gets in the fucking limo and goes. It was like crazy. Anyway, let's not talk about Ariana, but it was like, I was sort of like, okay, that makes sense. Um, so on his podcast yesterday, Peter Kafka called Jason the best damn e-commerce reporter you can find. I, I don't know if you're looking for them, but there it is. You that was can like find a Peter voice. Now Peter and Peter. Peter he usually just texts mean things to me. Peter and I do not always agree, but he's absolutely right about Jason. Jason, you are you have been on a roll with these scoops and, and explain your recent one about Apple getting into P2P and explain what its goals would be. So let's start off with the Apple scoop. Sure. So I'm assuming most of our listeners know that Apple has a payment service called Apple Pay, where you can pay in stores and also in apps and on websites using your fingerprint to authenticate. Um, Cuts out a lot of friction, supposedly. And my recent scoop was that they have been in talks with Visa and other potential financial industry partners on taking on Venmo and Square Cash and PayPal proper with a money transfer service that would allow me through my iPhone to send money to one of you in sort of a simple and easy way. Part of the goal would be trying to get more people thinking of Apple as a payments provider and maybe boosting the usage of Apple Pay, which um, in my talks with many banks, banks have been underwhelmed by um, the traction of Apple Pay over the last two and a half years. But Apple being Apple, they're going to keep working with them because they assume Apple will figure it out at some point. So that's one goal. I can dive into the weeds on a whole bunch of other stuff, but I'll, I can turn it over to you guys first. What What is it, a separate service or what? Explain what, what part of it is. Because I use it a lot, actually. I don't know. Lauren, do you? You use Apple Pay? Yeah. I use it a fair amount. But I th- when I think of the peer-to-peer apps, I mean, I think of them as like you sort of go to your phone and you manually open it and like punch in a payment to someone and send it right. like you would send a message. Right. So I'd be curious to know if this was a part, if Apple, you know, if this is going to be a part of Apple Pay or is his own, is his own sort of like Yeah, I think, so I don't know what it will, what it will look like yet, but I know one of the goals is to get more people using Apple Pay. And one of the ways they hope to do this would be um, by creating their own Apple debit card, which would be linked to this peer-to-peer service. So let me give you a quick example. So Lauren, you would send me $50 because I'm a friend of yours and you like me via mm-hmm. this new Apple money transfer service. I do often I w- have to pay for my friends. Mm-hmm. I yeah, would ha- that's why they I would have a me. choice then to either cash out that $50 to my bank account which may take a day or so or that $50 could live in a in a virtual debit card that Apple provides and then I could y- add that debit card to Apple Pay and use it that same day to go and buy something in a store that accepts Apple Pay or maybe on a website that accepts Apple Pay. The thinking I'm hearing through through people who have talked to Apple is they're thinking that for people who haven't used Apple Pay, this might be a way to get people to add a card to the Apple Pay service for the first time and then maybe once they discover it, use it it more often. Haven't they not caught on to Venmo and PayPal existing for years now? I mean, it's kind of late. It sort of reminds me a little bit of the music service, like Spotify and others were around, and then they sort of got to it with kind of a meh offer. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think all of, you know, as much as I and other reporters and analysts in general love to pit these 
digital services against each other. The truth is a lot of people are still exchanging money the old-fashioned way, checks and cash. And so I think there's room for a bunch of these. You know, um, a lot of people don't realize maybe in the startup world that banks, some banks have their own money transfer services within uh, their own customer base that work pretty well. Like Chase, Chase has QuickPay, mm-hmm. which my family, people in my family actually use pretty frequently. And it's bigger, the value, the payment volume they've announced it, um, last year, I think, was uh, was substantially bigger than Venmo's volume. So um, there, there are already a bunch of players. I think Apple thinks iPhones are such, such an integral part of people's lives. If they can make it maybe one step easier than some other services, you don't right. have to download a new app, for example, they might be able to attract people who haven't yet um, committed to a Venmo or a PayPal or a Chase. Will you explain Venmo for people? Because it's it's been, it's gotten big because of Apple being an app on the App Store and, other, and Android. So explain, Venmo has a social element and other parts, but explain, like, a yes. t- Venmo's probably mm-hmm. one of the more popular services yeah. among millennials. It actually started years PayPal's ago as too. SMS. Yeah. I mean, I remember mm-hmm. the very early days yeah. of Venmo. So explain Venmo, which, which is, I think, the trendiest one, I guess. Sure. So Venmo is an app that's very popular with, say, college age as well as 20 and 30-somethings. And I've noticed recently, you know, middle-aged family members who have learned about it from their kids now using it as well. And, and essentially, you can hook up you hook up. You, you got. You have to fund your account with either a bank account or a debit card, um, and then it allows you to easily send money to a friend. Uh, you can sync your contacts, and there's a social element to it where you, you there's a feed that shows why you're paying someone. Yeah, mm-hmm. and right. so like they put little emojis. Like emoji. I would put fifty dollars to Jason right. for friendship, friendship, you know? or yeah, like a peace like, sign or a know. beer or yeah, people use emojis. a microphone for coming on your show. Maybe right. Nobody gets paid for this. Fantastic thing, and and like this Fox is Media Podcast Network, <laughs> um, but but it, so so it has a social. That's what's different about it, I think, than say a PayPal, which is a little duller. Um, you just pay essentially, and then you pay a fee. Yep, or whatever. it's fun. Well, the weird thing is, PayPal owns Venmo, though. No, they do directly. They do. They do. Explain so they that. so Venmo started as a startup that was like kind of popular in New York City among a certain set, and then could never figure they were venture back but couldn't figure out how they would actually make money because they yeah. if if you charge someone to do this they're not going to use it. Mm-hmm. So they sold uh, I forget the exact number but in today's world not a lot of millions of dollars but not hundreds of millions of dollars to a company called Braintree which PayPal later went on to buy for 800 million dollars. And so it was kind of like this sleeper you know, sleeper little thing on the side of Braintree that has now become something PayPal loves to talk about because it's hot so with they fully the youngins. They fu- they fully so they, PayPal yep. Bob, right, Braintree, Braintree. Okay, PayPal. great. So, yeah. but but they have a different thing. And then PayPal, you do have fees unless it's to a friend. And so, could you explain the mo- how people make money at these these things? Well, like that's how the, would Apple. That's like the big problem with these, and why you know I've, I've thought it's a bit bizarre why Square, for example, has continued to invest heavily in in its Square Cash app, which is. Similar to Venmo, I actually enjoy using Square Cash more. I think it's sort of a, a easier product to use, um, but it doesn't make any. It's actually a money loser. So you know, it costs these companies you know a small amount to process each of these payments between each other, but they're not charging anyone unless you use your credit card to fund your account, which I don't think anyone basically is doing. So why do and them? so so why do them so? For PayPal, I mean, for PayPal, they're doing it because 
it is a brand that is now popular with millennials. Now they're trying to, they've launched something uh, called Pay With Venmo, where essentially in certain apps, you can uh, use your Venmo uh, login information to pay without having to add in your bank account information or credit card information. And then for PayPal, it's on the back end, it is taking a cut of that transaction mm-hmm. um, because PayPal you know, is on the front end with consumers, but also works on the back it's end for merchants. It's also okay. the processor. So PayPal can make money that way. They've given very limited information since they launched that um, payment product, I think, last year about the traction there. So the, the big question is, do Venmo users want to then go and pay in an app with Venmo? Can do they make that jump? I think that's an open question. Square- well, it's like they're all filling in the parts. Yeah. Like all of these companies either have the tech in place, or they have processors, or they have small business facing thing, or they have a consumer facing thing. Right. And now they're in a, they have an NSC solution where you're like tapping to pay, and they're all just kind of like and it, it seems like they're all just kind of plugging in the holes. And to, I think to, at a very high level, a lot of this is about not trusting that 20 years from now, you know, the millennials of today are going to have the same relationships with banks that maybe we had or you mm-hmm. you and your generation, Kara, had. Oh, um, thank you. With, with, with banks. I kept gold in the mattress. That was my generation. With, with, you might with, still want with, to do that. With banks. Yeah, and so thinking these products are, are sort of perhaps the gateway into a new type of uh, personal finance ecosystem and that they might, once they have a good relationship with young consumers, they might be able to then build services on top of them. Big bank. So could Apple bank, become bank a bank? Li- bank bank like. like. So Apple, wanted, I mean, I've always wondered why Amazon's not a bank. Like, why doesn't it become a bank? Could you do so yeah, many Am- transactions there? Yeah, Amazon has a bunch of... Um, you know they they don't get as much attention, but they have a, they have you know lending um, services with with merchants. They have they've dabbled in you know consumer payments, although they killed a, a digital wallet effort a couple of years ago that they were looking at. I think it's all possible. I think the question is, will they go the full extent and actually want to be a bank and regulated as such, right? Um, that's the or will they or will they sort of build a skin on top of the uh, existing? Uh, banking infrastructure. That's what Apple has done to this point in terms of allowing you to add, you know, basically working with the banks instead of against the banks um, with Apple Pay and letting you add your existing cards. But I will tell you, talking to a lot of banks about this most recent story I wrote, they won't say this publicly, but they are wor- they are very much worried about the tech companies sort of um, stepping in between them and their customer. And yeah, exactly. no matter what Apple says, they think there's at least a possibility that, you know, three, four, five years down the line, Apple is taking more and more of that personal financial relationship or attempting to. Some of these companies see Square as perhaps less threatening, um, not obviously not as big, not as powerful, and Square still, their core business is with merchants. Apple is a business built upon the trust and love from consumers. So, um, which, Jason, which brings me to the question about operating systems or rather ecosystem lock-in is apple going to make this only available to ios users it seems to me you know and there are a lot of services of course that apple does just offer within its ecosystem you have to be on iphone or ipad or a mac to use imessage but then there are other services like we talked about apple music earlier um which they also put out on android so android users could use it there are many millions more android phones out there than there are iphones so do we have any idea whether or not this peer-to-peer payments would be something that would just be for iPhone users? So the, ver- the version I've heard um, for people who have discussed this is that 
with Apple is that it would at least start as an iOS only service. And I think, and you know, Apple has a long history of um, wanting to control the entire ecosystem, with some exceptions. You just you just mentioned one of them. I th- I think with something like this, I just you know the where they think the consumer experience is um, going to be one of the big differentiators. I just I have trouble seeing them making this open from the jump. You know, plans could change. I, you know, I. I'm led to believe this is going to happen and launch, but that still may not happen. So there could be some surprises ahead. But this, to me, this feels like something, and I've heard so far is that that the plans are to keep this within their ecosystem at the start. They do take it out of the ecosystem all the time, all their music and everything else. Yeah, iTunes is always run on different machines, different machines. Right, and but, then music, you know, but there are a lot of other I met, things. Yeah, iMessage people have talked about forever, right? Like, when is right. it coming? Uh, when it might be coming right. to Android? Um, that hasn't happened. Obviously, there are things exclusive to Apple TV, or they're blocking right. other people from being on Apple. TV. I mean, there are lots of examples. I think where Apple is, it's known for its walled garden. So, talk about the power relationships here. They're scared sure. of them, but what could they be? Like, what is the, what could they become? Really, Apple. That is. Yeah, just get, walk through. Like, you put your paycheck into your Apple account, or what? What? How could that? No, how that's would a good work? question. Would you like take a picture of a check and then it would go yeah. into your? Apple yeah. Pay. I won't do that. Or your Apple that debit. Now. Do you ever see that, Jason? You take a picture of your check and then it deposits. I will not I, do that. You don't do really? that? Really? No. Oh, I Wait, use it all the time. Your, your favorite up. product is the Echo, but you won't trust the, I know. a bank with your check? <laughs> what? No, I will go take it right to the bank. I take it to the bank. I'm sorry. Oh, man. You did put gold under your mattress. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> I just opened a bank account for my son, which I'm thinking of closing today. But, um, I but, mean, uh, I think, why? but, but well, let me just, I think this can go in a bunch of different directions. But that the point you just said about the bank account sure. with your son, I think there's some teens today who there's a, at least a possibility that they will not open or, or not be regular users of a bank account, you know, 10 years from now, like yeah. we are. I just think... What do they do? Where they, where's the money go? Because you can carry a balance in these apps. Right. In these yeah, apps. exactly. Like if you sent me three hundred dollars right now via Square Square right. Cash or Venmo, and then I didn't use it to pay somebody else no. or buy something, you know, ba- no. cash it out to my regular bank account, it would just sit there. I would like a place like Gringotts in Harry Potter, where it'd just be a pile of gold sitting in a thing, and little little trolls would get it for me. I was asking one of our colleagues, who Goblins. I will not name, but is younger than all of us by a mm-hmm. lot whether they'd be attracted to an Apple virtual debit card if the sole reason to use it was basically being able to use money someone sent you that very day to buy something versus having to wait maybe a day or two um, Mm -hmm. to see it land in your bank account. And that person said, yes, absolutely. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I'm not sitting on a ton of cash and I want to just spend what's in my Venmo account. So um, yeah, I'm real rich, so I don't care about that. Sometimes yeah. it's actually a pleasant surprise <laughs> if you forget what's in your Venmo or Square Cash account, and then you go to like, pay someone back for something, and you're like, oh, I have a balance sitting there. I don't think about that. Oh, God. <laughs> go buy your leads. $12 juice, and Jason and I will finish the podcast. <laughs> no, but it's interesting we, how people can we do talk about juice for it? Can we talk about juice for <laughs> no, a quick second? No, yes, Okay, can. I'm going to confess that I, after that Bloomberg takedown of Juicero, mm-hmm, I... Mm-hmm. 
I still want a Juicero. If oh, that price, you know, I think we they've discussed d- this thing, this takedown. We discussed rolling the thing on our show with this guy. We remember? had Doug Evans, we had who Doug was Evans. the CEO, and we discussed was, rolling the pack. And why you, can't you? you actually said, "Why can't I just squeeze it with my hands?" Yes, or you yeah. said, "I thought you're supposed to squeeze it with your hands." Or you could, and people have done it, and it works just as well. And then he started to defend his thing. Well, the part yeah. they haven't explained publicly, and then we can move on, <laughs> is that I, I think they should. Is you can't. I mean. The squeezing thing is ridiculous, and like they should have known this was going to come out at some point. On the other hand, you can't squeeze; you can only squeeze a few of the ones they sell and get as much out of it as the machine does. I'm going to send it to you and pay for it via Venmo. I think think the price is going to come. You know what? Guess what? You're getting one. Jason, when's your recode? Actually, I know when your recode anniversary is. It's like, isn't it like December or January? No, it's right around now. My first, my first official day was. First day I started writing was like May 20th, but I was All right, so wait, he has an anniversary coming up. Oh, it was 2012. This is only four. No, right? 13. That's all right. You're getting a juice really? arrow, Jason. Jason, no. I, I like literally, I, that's so weird. He's I have such a, a weird memory of ship, when Jason they won't started. Sh- they won't ship to New York yet. They're not in New I York. I will get them to ship to, somehow I bet they'll ship for me to New York. You <laughs> okay. But let me let me ask the last question. So yeah. the future, you're talking about this idea that people, you know, Bitcoin was the thing, this was the thing. What do you, what do you imagine the future of payments? Because these banks aren't going to go away easily. And of course, President Trump, as usual, sticking his foot in his mouth, said he was going to split up the banks, which have been trying to be both investment banks and commercial banks because they're, they're so big, bringing back the glass, I think, steel, steel lock, something like that. Mm-hmm. What is the future of payments? Who's going to control it? Like, I, I, who will be the, the player? Will it be the banks? Will it be... Um, I think. I mean, I think the credit the credit, credit card, card credit card companies have so much power that it's hard to imagine. Right now, it's hard to imagine. Like they're called networks for a reason. Like there's a network effect of where they're accepted everywhere, and and that's hard to come in on top of them there. So I think I think Visa and Mastercard are in like pretty good spots. I mean, you will get. I'm sure you'll get like maybe some Bitcoin or blockchain people to say um, I'm crazy and poke holes in that but they just feel they just feel too embedded right now um the banks i mean bank competition for young people with money over the next five ten years i think it feels to me these are the early days but it feels like one of these tech companies or digital first companies is going to continue to build services on top of the bill big customer base and be and be some type of alternative maybe you won't be able to like fully you know you're not going to care about check writing in you know five ten years if you if you still do today. And so, I just think in this world, I think trust is obviously big, but I think a modern, easy to use experience is something that tech companies yeah. can do better in a lot of cases. I agree. I do. Pay I do wonder about the fraud, though. Fraud. Because, yeah, we didn't even get into fraud. I mean, that's that's a huge thing too. Get like check Like so, right now, Jason, if I if I'm using a debit card that's issued by my bank, but it's a Visa debit card, yep. and let's say that card is skimmed, uh, which maybe won't be as much of an issue in the future because of. EMV, right, which the U.S. has been slow to adopt, but that is supposed to help protect against things like skim, you know, physical fraud. If that happens now, who absorbs that cost? Is my bank or is it the credit card? Is it the issuer? And then in the case of something like an Apple debit or a Square debit, like who absorbs the cost of that fraud? So you're saying like if if Apple had its own debit card. Yeah. Yeah. so, So I believe in that instance... Apple would take the hit. I mean, I think think a couple of things. I think some of these businesses, a business like Apple Scale, um, they are not 
they are not novices when it comes to fraud. I'm not saying mm-hmm. they, they have the expertise that the banks or the networks do, but this would not be starting from ground zero. I think, though, there was a lot of noise around um, fraud when Apple Pay launched, and um, banks were not happy with what they were seeing. But then again, if you, t- you, know, if you talk to people about, uh, talk to banks about, you know, any app right now that's getting a ton of volume, for example, Uber, um, we were just talking to someone the other day who's saying, you know, we love Uber as a bank because of the volume we're getting from, you know, our card payments in it. But man, the fraud has been yeah. an issue. And yeah. so um, it's certainly something. Will fraud d- decide whether be the deciding factor between whether one of these companies breaks through and is a real challenger? I doubt that would be the the number one reason, but it's definitely mm-hmm. a factor. Sure. Yeah, fraud has got to be. I mean, at the, at whatever you know, since the dawn of time when they had stones, Pat, I'm sure there was fraud with stones and fraud with this and fraud. I mean, now it's incredible. I, you know, every I just got something in the mail about another credit card that was or another account that was compromised in some way. The gold. They're all compromised. The gold mattress. The gold account. is never compromised. <laughs> I have the gun and the gold, and there I am. Unless I don't shoot straight, otherwise. It's, what? Who did you just send money? I to? just PayPal'd someone. Oh, you're using PayPal. Yeah. Oh, my kids' tutor. I haven't used PayPal's app at all. Uh, It's good. It's fine. I just forgot. And then I just, as you were talking, I realized I owed this young man who tutors one of my son's money. So I paid. I was going to say, that's not your son. No. I can see it right now. Speaking of fraud, I'm peering over your shoulder. I have have an anecdotal benchmark that I use to learn about when when a product is going mainstream. And it's internally, in my head, I call it the mother in law metric oh. and basically when my mother-in-law starts using something it's usually a few years after people in their 20s or tech adopt yeah. early adopters and my mother-in-law great woman just started using venmo in the mm-hmm. past yeah. couple of months yeah. Yeah. and she's now she asked me the other day if i knew what venmo was she was going to yeah. teach me so oh, cool the anyway. only part about venmo is the social element that i don't like i, I know you don't like that only because i know who drinks too much <laughs> well, you can make those private too. No, I know. I've asked like Casey, but everyone, everyone like Casey likes doing it, right? Yeah, Casey paid me rent publicly, and I was like, and no. Yeah, because people will often write like yeah. nefarious or sometimes explicit things on purpose because it's they really just paid a friend for dinner, but they're going to make something right. up that's ridiculous. Right, but a lot of it's they're truthful, and, and again, I think, oh, that person drinks a lot. That's why I, I look at it and yeah. I see them buying drinks. I'm like, wow, this is a tenth drink this week. That's Mine would be like Juicero. cat sitter. Cat food, <laughs> cat sitter again. Well, me and my cat sitter only takes Venmo, but then I got my family. Jason's point about the private? the family network effect. I got my family, some of them using Square Cash after a recent family vacation because mm-hmm. we just needed to pay each other for like the house yeah. we were staying in and stuff like that. And once people started using, they're really into it. But that barrier was fairly low. Would I mean, that's the thing too with, with Venmo. No Square Square Cash. There's were no you social doing, feed. Do you do public on Venmo all the time? No, private, almost private. entirely private. Yeah. But I do like creeping on other people's Venmo. I think it's fun. <laughs> on other, all right. On that note, Jason, um, and we didn't even get into Stripe, who's coming in. The CEO, Patrick Collison, is coming in later today. All right. Um, which I think I actually just saw him walk by which is another in the hallway thing. here. Yeah. All right. So stay tuned. We're going to be answering questions about our payments apps for our readers and listeners shortly. But first, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors. And I say ka-ching. Well, you're supposed to say ka-ching, Lauren, because I'm reading it. Ka-ching, Kara. Jason, please say ka-ching. Ka-ching. Thank you. All right, today's show is brought to you by Willis Towers Watson. Executives, you need to listen to this. Cybersecurity is one of the greatest threats any business faces. Last year, more than 400 million new malware threats were released and more than a half a billion personal records were breached. 
And while businesses spend $100 billion a year on cyber technology, cybersecurity is as much about employee behaviors as it is about technology. The average network breach can cost $4 million in company losses. That's why you need to know about Willis Towers Watson. Willis Towers Watson understands that the only comprehensive approach to cybersecurity is to deal with it all, your people, capital, and technology risks. Willis Towers Watson decodes all that complexity through a comprehensive three-stage approach. First, they thoroughly assess the cyber risks throughout your business. Next, they protect your company through best-in-class solutions. And finally, they improve your ability to recover from future attacks. Learn more about what Willis Towers Watson can do for your business. Go to willistowerswatson.com slash recode. That's willistowerswatson.com slash recode. I just had an idea. What? I think we should start a peer-to-peer payments app and call it Kaching. Okay, you keep moving on. Read the okay. next. Read the next advertising. Today's show on the Vox Media Podcast Network, Network. Oh my God. is also brought to you by HostGator. If you are ready to take your website to the next level, whether you're a first-time blogger or an experienced web pro, HostGator has all the tools you need if you want to create a great-looking website or even an online store. And if you ever need a boost in hosting power, HostGator offers cloud, VPS, and dedicated server hosting that can easily handle maximum visitor traffic. Like when Kara Swisher takes a picture of you while you're taping a podcast and you don't know why, and she's probably going to upload it to the internet right now. She could use a boost in hosting power. (laughs) You should see what HostGator can do for your website. Right now, Recode listeners will get 60% off. Just go to HostGator.com slash Recode. That's HostGator.com slash Recode and get your 60% off. And stay tuned for the launch of our peer-to-peer payments app called Kaching. All right, so you've been listening to this show. You know how it works. Every week we take tech questions from our readers and listeners and we try to answer everything we can. This week we're answering our questions about Apple Pay and other payments apps. And we have the fantastic Jason Del Rey, the best damn e-commerce reporter you can find, according to Peter Kafka and yeah. myself and the rest of us. <laughs> yes. So Lauren, ask the first question. First question is from Tom Maxwell. He's at Tom Maxwell on Twitter. Thoughts on why Starbucks has done so well in mobile payments? Yeah, I use that a lot. Good question. I use that one a lot. Because you're actually getting some value out of it, which is you you can link your loyalty and manage it all from that same app. That's my take. What do you think, Lauren? I think it's because you're getting a lot of value out of it. Free food. Free things. That just went straight over Kara's head. That was the worst joke ever. I said a lot of value. A lot lot of value. No one got that, Lauren. <laughs> Zero people got that. And it went yeah. right over everybody's head. I'm sure all of the listeners that are sitting in their cars right now are very happy I made that joke. That was a grande error. On your but time. seriously, like people, you know, people in tech circles love to talk about how the QR code or barcode no. or any type of scanning code is dead. But Starbucks mm-hmm. has done really well. Fantastic. Not, be- not yeah. because of the code, because of the value. And we also say everyone in the store knows how to use it. There's no stupidity. Like a lot of the stuff it's is fast. around stupidity. No, the, but the employees know it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it sounds dumb, but every time I go to a, a store, they're like, how does this work? And so there's a training or something that goes on. So they know how to use it. You get free lattes and it's just there. And you, it's just valuable. It's just absolutely valuable. It's just yeah. easy to use and it's well done. If there's too many steps though, I would say that. Can you speak to them, Jason? There's too many steps. Well, they're also pretty early. In there's too many. There's like app, four right? steps to get Relative, to the payment. I don't know. Anyway, I like it. We like it. We like Starbucks. Congratulations, Howard Schultz. You should be president of the United States, which you're running for anyway. Really? Yeah. Is that true? That's what I've been heard. Free coffee for everybody. scoop At Joey, it's been written a lot. Um, (laughs) At Joey Poor. Joey Poor. Apple Pay seems like the obvious choice for retailers. More secure, faster than EMV, fingerprint, auth, 
Why so slow adaptation in the states? Americans are dumb. No, but seriously, like, <laughs> well, we like, know that. like <laughs> seriously, it's not obvious on the surface. It's not obvious to many people that the phone is quicker or easier than your card, and so. That I think mean, that's number one. Two on the on the merchant side, it's a cost thing. So historically, it's been well. This I'm going to need new equipment to um, ex- allow for this, but it's the chicken and egg problem. If people aren't using it, why am I going to put the equipment? If I don't put the equipment, people are never going to learn how to new- use it. Over the last year or two, we've had um, uh, merchants that are have been you know basically forced to upgrade their or incentivized to upgrade their equipment um, based on a change in how uh, who who has to take the, sh- the take the shoulder on fraud when it happens, and so right. a lot a lot more merchants now have the have the technology to do it. I just I just think it's going to take time to get people um, right. into a mode to think this is quicker and safer. I think most people don't think about it; they just pay with a card or cash and think that's easy enough. Mm-hmm. It certainly, is faster than EMV. It is. It is. All right, next, Lauren. Next is from Maxim, at Maxim Harper on Twitter. Do you think Apple getting into peer-to-peer validates the viewpoint that owning the user experience is key for quote-unquote winning personal finance and payments? I think they think that. I mean, we'll see if that, and and I will say that that's all Jack Dorsey talks about when, when I have asked him about why, or one of the big reasons he talks about um, investing in square cash is you know he thinks people want simple modern uh way to to manage their finances and so and square cash is is really big it's like top five finance app on ios along with paypal and venmo and i think one of the big banks so apple and square i think believe this i just and um we'll see what happens can i just say by the way that we've actually turned square cash into a verb by calling it squash and I really think that Square should adopt this. And who's, they can take this. who's we so I can make like sure not pe- to talk like to them ever again? People nobody. that I use Square Cash with. Nobody. We, no. We, nobody. <laughs> they, should, they should use this idea. Now you are welcome. You missed your career instead in of, <laughs> instead of saying Amazing. Instead of saying, I'll pay you via Square Cash. I get you it. You can just say, I'll squash you $50. Nobody's hmm. going to do that. Hmm. Not ever. I like it. Never. Okay. Never happened. Jason's being polite, but I'm just going to give you the news on that one. All right. Should Venmo Square Cash fear a default Apple P2P app, peer-to-peer app? What's the likelihood of major banks signing on? Two different questions, right? So yeah, first, should right. pay? I think everyone pays attention with Apple when Apple enters a new space. Um, I think services have not been their specialty historically. Mm-hmm. So no, they're not uh, good at it. Health, ping. Remember ping. Uh, I heard about that from my grandparents. Um, <laughs> but, but so, yes, I think everyone's paying attention. I think um, Apple has a lot to prove in this space. Second question was... Thanks. Yeah. Oh, will they work banks with banks? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they can do this without the bank's sign-on by working um, directly with Visa that has a product that, that Apple can use to... To, for people to link up their debit cards um, with this peer-to-peer service. I think it's possible the banks also work with them. I, th- I think it's like an ongoing tug of war between these, uh, between Apple and the banks over the last two or three years. Apple yeah. comes into these meetings, acts like you think Apple would. 
banks realize how much power they have in in their world, but realize Apple is its own beast. And so there's constant negotiations. Um, So that's not really an answer. Same thing happened in Hollywood. All right. Next one, Aptopia. Lauren, Venmo grew Q1 downloads 115% year over year. It also grew, Matt, what's that again? Monthly active Monthly users. Active users, 53% year over year. Okay, that's a, this, this is probably from the Venmo people. No, so I think growing. Aptopia is a third-party service right. that does research anyway, into Anyway, so it's, ga- it's growing. People like it is. the Venmo. Yeah. It's okay. slight, I mean, it's the growth is still, I mean, a lot of apps would die for that in year, whatever Venmo's mm-hmm. in. It is growth is slowing, but yes, it's growing ridiculously fast. As yeah, I like the Venmo. Zoolander would say. So who dicked the Venmo? The Venmo. I like the, the Venmo. <laughs> All right, next one. This actually, I'm going to ask you this question because you spoke with this person. Yeah. Uh, someone named Bridget McGraw asks, "How do you think Tristan Harris and the time well spent movement would see this? Is it a blatant conversion of attention to money, or is it altogether separate?" So you interviewed Tristan yeah, Harris. Yeah, Tristan's Tell coming to Cone Conference also. Oh, he is. Okay, he is that's to great. Talk about these issues. I think he'd like this because he likes um, utility apps. He's not tell against. people who he is. Tristan Harris is a thing called time well spent, and essentially says all digital issues are time suck, and we, we've got to figure out a way to control it. And and he worked at Google and other companies to, to suck your time away from you, essentially he knows how to do it. And he, he knows, he essentially says there's an attention slot machine going on. Um, but he talks about more about how we control this. And one of the ways is to only have utility apps on the front screens that he, he was trying to get Apple and, and Google to do that. So that say Uber is a utility app. You don't open Uber and hang out with it very much. You just do what you do with it. Same thing with these payment apps. I think he would probably like I don't think he has a problem with them. You don't hang around with a payment app, except me, trying to figure out who's drinking too much among the people I know. No, Um, I mean, I guess on a philosophical level, if you become obsessed with them, then you're obsessed with the exchange of monies in some way. Yeah, I don't think so. But I don't, don't, yeah, I mean, it's a utility. These are utility apps. You're going to transfer money anyway. Yeah, they're not spending. You do what you want to do with them, and then you move along kind Mm -hmm. of thing, which is probably better for a lot of these apps. Next one, Lauren, go ahead. Next one is, so we have a few questions that came um, internally. and no. Yeah, and uh, I'm going to throw them out there because I think they're good questions. So Zach Kahn, who does work for Vox Media, why don't credit card companies and banks build their own versions of these? I feel like my dad would use Chase whatever, but won't go (laughs) near Venmo. Except for Jason's mother-in-law. Earth to Zach. Chase has (laughs) something called Chase. Quick pay, Quick pay, and it's not its own app, but it's really pretty good Mm -hmm. um, for a bank. And (laughs) pretty good for a bank. The banks, a bunch of banks have also worked together to create a standalone app called, wait for it, Zelle. Z E L L E. This is a company. You know, I'd like to bust into that meeting and say, stop. Stop it. You should be using Squash. Squash. I would tell you more about Zelle, but they once labeled me in a public Twitter list as tier two journalist. So <laughs> that's so I'm done talking about Zelle. Um, and really, tier two. <laughs> and, re- and really, when was the last time any joint venture between a bunch of giant companies Never. has worked? Never. So, we hate the Zelle people. See, see ya, Zelle. They're tier two in the payment space. They're tier six in the payment yeah. space. Interesting. Yep. Wow. That's Jason. the funniest That's thing so anyone's funny. ever said. I'm too embarrassed. All right. Eric Johnson is sitting right across us laughing away. I have a question this week. How important is Venmo's social media-ish timeline to its success? Will Apple need to compete with that? Oh, Apple's going to do that so awkwardly. Is that going to happen, Jason? <laughs> it's going to be so awkward. Hey, kids. Hi. 
We're here with the hand. That's what the music service They're going to be like, like confetti. I think it's like, <laughs> I. so my take is it's like a bonus, it's like a bonus feature that has kept people engaged and think it's fun and, but I'm really old at 35 yeah. years old, so I may not know the truth. I don't, I, I don't think, I think it would be really awkward if Apple did it, but yeah. Um, Apple does have like Ping. the exp- exploding confetti in the yeah. iMessage. I like the, who doesn't like that? The exploding confetti uh, cool. I don't like birthdays. I'm so. going to send it to you right now. I'm going to send it to you. <laughs> okay. Congratulations again. Here's your the, Juicero. The, yeah. Here's your Juicero. Yes, I love the balloons. If you're going to well, give me the Juicero, let's wait so for So do you think it's important? Two. You'll get the friggin' Juicero. I don't relax. think it's... I don't you think have to it's, buy your own juice though, my friend. That, that's where the costs are. That's, that's gonna, why I want you to wait for you. version number two. And then you're gonna then you're gonna show up and like I need a raise to pay for juice <laughs> juice backs, um, and we will give that to you. Um, so um, so I'm still so, recovering from all right. All right. <laughs> Jesus and Jesus. 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 <laughs> all right, the last question. Uh, last question, Lauren. Go ahead. The next question is from I'm gonna rename Walt Mossberg in his post retirement career. I'm just gonna yeah. call him Walt Moss Burn because all the burns are gonna come out. Right. Uh, I don't even know he says if I have Apple Pay and I use it as an Apple Store. To buy know. one an Apple Watch, do I get a prize? All right, Jason. <laughs> if he's all Apple, all in. Well, the other night he did make a he did make a serious burn. I on hear Twitter. yes. I hear Apple will give away a second Apple Watch for free. For free, nice, well for done. Free. Tim he's, Cook will say we increased our Apple Watch sales by a hundred percent. The size of a small Fortune 500 company. I just recently used my Apple Watch to get on a plane. It was so awkward, I almost broke my wrist, but I did it. I had the my. my oh, you had to turn it like. Yeah. I turned it. It doesn't fit. And very everyone well. was irritated by me behind me. It didn't work very well. But nonetheless, true I did story. It. I did that before the Apple Watch was out. Mm-hmm. I had flown to New York to pick up mm. an early loaner copy because mm-hmm. you're a tier one journalist. <laughs> because according to Zell, I'm tier one, and I was flying back, and I tried to stick. I was like, I'm going to be so cool, and I tried to stick my wrist under the scanner and held up the line, and people were super irritated yeah. and then and then like a bunch of people on the plane were like is that the i watch <laughs> <laughs> so there you had it so you had a um, moment in the sun with your watch didn't you <laughs> yeah except it didn't work it no, didn't fit under the scanner it didn't it was, fit under the scanner. yeah all right jason i have one last question do you imagine that you know like she's talking about using the watch or using to pay because they had that for a while and then there was the fitbits paying or, or the yeah. jawbones paying and you know, all kinds of ways. Where, if you had to, like a hundred years, how are people going to pay? Are we going to have like a thing in our eye that we just click, or or something embedded in us, or how do you imagine? Or won't there be any money? There won't be any money. It will be the, you know, we'll get into that Star Trek universe. I mean, it feels like we should get to a place where you don't have to tap anything, and you there's either some facial recognition or something associated with your body <laughs> that allows you to just walk in and out or Amazon just takes over and everything's linked to your Amazon account. And, um, but I think, I think, I mean, I think way down the line where we're talking about computer vision and machine learning and, uh, whether we like it or not, a store knows who we are, where we are right. when we're there and what our payment information is and just docks us on the way out. Sure, mm-hmm. that would. We'll talk about that next. That's a really interesting. Because Amazon, which was Square Wallet, which was Square Wallet, like ten years ago, Jack. Dorsey, oh yeah, we'll tell you. you had to walk into. You'd walk into a coffee shop that was using Square Wallet on mm-hmm. their terminal side, and then I think you'd have to be connected to Wi-Fi, and then something would pop up in your app, and then it was supposed to pop up simultaneously on their payment terminal, yeah, but it didn't work very well. But they were mm-hmm. supposed to just look at a picture and on thought, their payment terminal and know mm-hmm. that it was you. I thought then, you had to say, "Hi, I'm Jack." 
because that's what Jack <laughs> always said, but it never yeah. worked for me. <laughs> I mean, I will say this, and I don't, you know, I think there's a lot of room for improvement, and I think fraud is still a pretty big concern, mm-hmm. but like overall, this stuff is pretty, it's pretty easy to use. Like tap to pay. I don't think it is. I think it's still, I, I think it's it tap to be. pay is still pretty great. EMV is a pain, but the supposed addition, I'm willing to wait the few extra seconds. Some people have really strong opinions about how long it takes for chip readers to work, but mm-hmm. I personally don't mind waiting a few extra seconds if it means I have less chance of my credit card getting skimmed. Yeah. I mean, the way yeah. that we can just text message our friends now to pay them, that's all, this is all like within it's the past 10 fast. years. It's actually care. pretty it's remarkable. What I want, as I've said many times, and no one listens to me, and it's from Apple, I want to walk into my Apple store, since I bought so many hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of things for work and personally there over the years i want them to know precisely who i am i want them to slight treat me like slavishly and they want hello kara how are you doing what would you like would you like a champagne i would like that and i would like to be able to try out the products and not be behind some teenager that's sexting nearby when i want to look at something but what you're describing is not just a technology i want the whole experience technology like i don't even call it a problem yeah but it is technology barrier but it's about loyalty and customer service but it knows me automatically via my phone or some chip in my eye or something else that's jason i would like that kara this is gonna go go very well with your i'm one one with the people mayoral campaign I want it for everybody. And now she's going back to the bus. She didn't really take the bus here. No, when I get on said bus, they know it's me. And they go, Kara, it's you again for the hundredth time. Would you like the special seat in the back? Exactly. Everybody should be treated like this. Everyone should move through life. That is my campaign. Everybody is treated slavishly by customer people. And they focus on that rather than the payments. Thank you very much. That is my platform. I feel like you should vote for me. Anyway, Jason. Hamilton. That was a very good burn at the end. I, you are very fantastic. Okay. Tier even though you're tier one. tier one with me, even though you're tier two. I want to talk about that tier two thing. That makes me very unhappy about that situation. Oh, it was. Anyway. I laughed for probably 12 minutes straight <laughs> okay, when I saw good. that. <laughs> like tier. Like the word tier is really the best part of the whole And then thing. they made it a public list. And like you could see which tier you by accident. Yeah. There were some anyway. bad journalists on tier one, which oh, made really? it that yeah. much better. Well, there you have it. All right. This has been another great, this has been a particularly great episode of Too Embarrassed to Ask. Jason, we're going to have you on again. And thank you for joining us. We'll Thanks for having me. Next. Thanks, Jason. I'll, I'll, I'll pay you later for being my friend. And if you all enjoyed this week's episode as much as we did, be sure to subscribe to the show. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because we really do read them. Uh, that's what we're supposed to call it now instead of iTunes. Yeah, Apple Podcasts. Call it Phyllis if I feel like it. Anyway, if you subscribe, you'll be the first to listen to new episodes on Phyllis every Friday or catch up on previous episodes on Phyllis where you answer all the tech questions that our listeners have been too embarrassed to ask. <laughs> Is Phyllis your campaign manager? I don't know. I just. <laughs> oh, God. I feel bad for Phyllis already. I don't even know the person. All right. Phyllis, go do this thing for there are me. Many people who want to be my yeah, campaign manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's not just Apple Podcasts that this podcast is available on. You can also find more episodes of Too Embarrassed to Ask on Google Play Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and more. Or just go to our website, recode.net slash podcasts. And now that you're on the website, you should check out our other podcasts like Recode Decode, Recode Replay, and Recode Media with Peter Kafka. Yes, Peter Kafka, who says Jason Del Rey is not a tier two journalist. No, he's, he's the great. best. And also, Recode journalist. Replay has Jason Del Rey's really recently excellent Code Commerce series. A lot of oh, fantastic yeah. interviews from there. The Verge also has some great podcasts for your listening pleasure. Neilai Patel hosts The Verge Cast, our flagship podcast. And then, of course, Walt Mossberg and Neilai have Control Waltz Delete. For a limited time. That's right. Limited time until June. And don't forget to Tweet your questions ahead of time to at Recode with the hashtag Too Embarrassed or email them to us at Too Embarrassed at Recode.net. Thank you for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, the company that distributes the show, including Beth O'Connell and our editor, Chris Basil. 
And thank you to our producer and longtime fan and listener, Eric Johnson, who sent in a question today. We'll be back next week to answer more of the questions you've been too embarrassed to ask. So tune in then.